Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined with Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. But before we break open the bread of life, let's invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we're going to see what we're to see and hear what we're to hear. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and then kindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in your love that we may be instruments in the world that you use in the salvation of souls and invitations to that eternal banquet with you in heaven. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit in this meeting to grant us wisdom and counsel, grant us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and help us to respond to your gospel reading today and put it into action. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. When you first read, Cameron, it really is a challenge to me. Because if your brother sins against you, don't many of us have the impulse to go tell a friend, can you believe what Jim did to me? Can you believe what Bob said about me? Don't we have that impulse to go tell our our spouse? Don't we have that impulse to go tell other people what they did to us rather than say, Father, help me. Grant me the grace to go to my friend and share with love and humility how I was wounded and how I want to heal that relationship. So... For me, I'm like, oh, goodness, because too many times I'll involve somebody else and I'll say, can you believe this happened? Can you believe they said this? Rather than taking it to the Lord and pondering it with the Father in my heart and letting him help me process it healthily and then go to that person with all humility and say, you know, I'm hurt. Our relationship's been damaged. Help me. And, And just share with humility, trying to make it okay. And then it's their choice. But for me, again, whew, learning lesson, don't go tell everybody and 
get people on your side and, oh, oh, poor Dave. No, 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 no. Take it to the Father. Ponder it in your heart. Let him transform what's been transmitted by this person who sinned against you. Let him transform your response to a response of love and not a reaction by taking it to the rest of the people around you. That's good. And, and it's not just all people it's talking about. It says, if your brother sins against you. And I, I don't think it just has to be like you're, you know, you have the same mom and dad, your sibling. I think it's talking about a brother in Christ, somebody that you would have a relationship with. And the goal of going and talking with them, it's really to protect the relationship. You don't want those things to build up. And then who knows, months, years from now, you have all of this animosity or unforgiveness or resentment. You, you don't want things to be able to collect together. The reason you it says go talk with him, the goal with relationships in the body of Christ is unity. And when we have unity, it's, it's a powerful thing. So by, by going, it, it lays out you know, the roadmap, talk to them alone, talk to them with two or three, talk to them with the church. But the goal is to protect the relationship. Sometimes we go in those conversations and we, we can read this and say, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. You go into a conversation looking to win. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, when you go in with the, with the idea, I want to win this discussion, winning means you're like stepping into a battle. It means like you're stepping into, a, you know, there's going to be a winner and a loser here. I think it's okay to start a conversation like what it's talking about here with, hey, can I talk with you and share with you, you know, about the last time we were together? And, you know, what I really wanted to share with you is when this happened, that hurt me. And I just want to, want to be able to talk about it with you. I think if we start from that position, it shows the other person that you want to protect the relationship, not to win the discussion. But then listen to this next line, if he listens to you. So there's a chance huh. the person you're talking to might not have ears to hear. I mean, if their ears are open... And they could see, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, the last time we talked, this and this happened, and that hurt me, I can tell you it probably was not my intention to do that. So for somebody to be able to point that out and say, hey, I don't think you intended it either, but either way, it still hurt, I think that relationship just got protected uh, as opposed to, you know, what it doesn't say here is if your brother sins against you, Go get together with the people you normally complain about things with and then come back to them with your <laughs> list of complaints, right? I mean, it even goes further and it says, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three. It's, it's just gathering, hey, these are the facts. This is what happened. And, and facts are things that you almost have to agree with because they're the truth. And I think that's what it's talking about. Well, and for me, what, what I always do, what the Lord has taught me to do is this. Whenever there's this sin or, or action that causes me hurt between a brother and I, I got to put a mirror up first and ask the question, Lord, what was my role in this? 
And so many times I played a role in the reaction that, that hurt me. And so for me, identifying my role in it, and then when I go to my brother and say, you know, Jim, I did this and it caused you to do that. I really want to heal our relationships, but it's owning what your role was. Because many times we play a role, not every time, but many times. So that's one thing that really helps me. And then at the end of the day, it says, treat the person if they don't listen to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Too many times that means to ostracize them, to, to treat them badly. That's not a truth. Jesus dined with the tax collectors. Jesus sent St. Paul out to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Why? We're called to understand that they, at that moment, their relationship with Christ is not where it needs to be. So we need to be an invitation back into that relationship. You know, and Jesus is always inviting the Zacchaeus out of the tree and Matthew, the tax collector, come dine with me. So for me, it's all about reestablishing that relationship with Christ who wants to use me as an instrument. I'm instrument of his love. And yeah, love can be tough love. But so for me, being treated as a Gentile or a tax collector is treat the person that, you know what, their relationship with Christ isn't right right now. Help me be an instrument in that healing that relationship so that so that our relationship in Christ can be reestablished and their relationship individually with Christ can be reestablished. That's good. And Jesus gives us examples of how to treat Gentiles and tax collectors, right? He doesn't say, put them on the outskirts of town and mock them every time you walk by and talk bad about them. He he, he goes after the lost. He yeah. goes after those people. So Jesus' example, when he says, treat him as you would this person, what does he tell us to do for those people? Pray for them, be kind to them, yeah. um, be charitable to them. Um, lift them up, encourage them. Those, those acknowledge are the, their wounds. Yes, love conquers all. Acknowledge their wounds. They're more than likely they're wounded. Yeah, and we might have hit a, a sore spot on them, which causes them to react. Yeah, and and maybe they're not even aware that that wound is there, but but they know that what just happened hurt in a deep way. That maybe they yep. mentally haven't gone there. They haven't processed that. They haven't brought healing into that. I I think those are times where. Treat them the way you would a Gentile tax collector. I, he also said, pay your taxes, right? He didn't say, just forget about those people. I, the goal of, of Jesus is unity. He, he wants unity. And, and that will also show you one of the enemy's um, goals is division. He, he loves division. He doesn't care how he gets to divide people against each other. If he can get his hand in there and have one person against another, that goes against Jesus's prayer for unity. Um, and it, there's power in unity. Yeah. And then I read the line, which I've read many times before and refused to go there. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I went, whew. That's awful deep. I don't have that kind of power. Help me see what I'm to see here. And then God showed me, whatever I say to you individually, whatever you individually bind in heaven will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. The only thing I have the power of over, I should say, here on earth is my free will. And whatever I bind 
with my free will here on earth, say unforgiveness, guess what? It's bound in heaven. Through my free will choice to sin, I bind that here on earth. And guess what? That choice to sin, free will choice, it's bound in heaven. So for me, that's the power God has given every human being, the power over the gift of free will. And so for me, Lord, please help me to always forgive because, again, in the prayer Jesus taught us how to pray, forgive us our trespasses. How? As we forgive others. When we carry unforgiveness, bang, we're bound on earth. Bang, that's bound in heaven. God's not going to forgive you of your sins because of your free will choice to not forgive others. When I realized that, I'm like, whoa, because too many people misinterpret this and think, you know what? Hey, we can bind in heaven. We can loose on earth. We got the power. (laughs) It's like, uh, no, God has the power. He's the only one that has the power, but he's given you free will. So to the extent you have power, you have power only, and that's why it's you, 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 only over the gift of free will to choose to love God or not love God, to choose to forgive or not forgive. And guess what? Those choices are binding on earth and binding in heaven. That's so powerful. Wow. And then the next, the next line here, um, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. This is another verse that can get twisted if you let it, and I think it's important not to let it. So it's the heavenly Father that is granting this, but it's not a slot machine. It's not two people get together and say, hey, you know what, we want this thing, let's just pray about it, and then let's quote this scripture. Because we both agree. Oh, yeah, we agreed. And it says anything, anything's anything. This is what I want, you you want it? Yeah, let's just do this. I mean, th- th- We're talking about God here. This is, this is, it's, I'll go back to the statement. It's not, it's not like a slot machine. I mean, it would be crazy. Could you imagine just, this one scripture being taken to that level of context, it just, it would be crazy. But what are the things we're to pray about? And I feel like oftentimes the things that I, I'll just speak by myself, that I pray about, I really feel like the Father gives me those things. Mm-hmm. He wants, you know, he'll bring somebody to mind and then they'll kind of go away and they'll come back. And then I'll finally wake up and ask why that person is coming to mind. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm telling you, it's it's the voice of the Father to say they need your prayers right now. Well, and it's the ears of Christ that hear it, because it says right in the next line, for where two or three are gathered together in my name. So Cameron, it's not David and Cameron just gathered together. Right. It's the Christ, Jesus and Cameron, and Jesus and David who agree that this is the way we are to pray, because it says for which they are to pray, the way we are to pray for this whatever. Right. And it's always in obedience to the will of the Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. So in understanding this, Cameron, and you helping break this open, it's it's massive. 
Because again, it's about the Christ in you and the Christ in me. God the Father prompts us, as he prompts Jesus, to pray for this. And we do. But, just like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, always surrendered to the will of the Father. Yep. To the will of the Father. Yep. Because he's the one that will grant the answer to that prayer. Right. And and I've heard this before. I mean, this is just a, a, a play out of the enemy's playbook. You know, he'll take a scripture like this. If two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them. Well, you know, me and you got together and we prayed and it, it didn't happen the way we thought it should happen. So, you know, there's no truth to that. Well, oftentimes I'll be praying about something and whether my wife or somebody I work with or, you know, different people that I'm, I'm spiritually close with, we'll be praying about the same things. And to watch those things unfold, oftentimes it doesn't unfold maybe the way that my mortal mind thinks it should unfold. But, but God looks at things from the big picture. He's looking at, for example, part, part of Sometimes the way I would see something being carried out, it's different than the way he wants to carry it out because oftentimes it involves other people and God reminds me all the time that he is after their hearts as well, even even in the middle of this. He wants to use this to woo that person's heart. He wants the closeness with them. So I think those are just some things to keep in mind. Um, and, And I love you're highlighting this last sentence here, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I I think gathered, it it doesn't read for where two or three get together at church, for where two or three um, get together on holy ground. It it says when you're gathered together in my name, and we have the opportunity to do that all the time. How many times do we get together with our spouse and say, hey, let, let's pray together. Let's gather together in Jesus' name, in his name. And I think those are the times where it's just on a different level. But but we get the chance, the opportunity all the time. We're getting together in a business meeting. Hey, we're going to gather together in his name. We are going to invite him just like we did at the beginning of this, before we started reflecting on the scripture, we invited Jesus to be here with us through the power of his Holy Spirit. We're gathering together in his name for him to be here with us because as he's here and we're open, we have the eyes and ears open to see and hear him, then he can move through us. Um, but I think it's important to say gathered together, it could be anywhere. Well, and as I share the story about unforgiveness, there's a reason, because when I broke the scripture open earlier, and I shared about the fact that carrying unforgiveness in your heart, you bind it on earth and you bind it in heaven, and the Father can't forgive you your sins, because that's what the scripture says, you know, free of us our trespasses, how? As we forgive others, this woman started to cry. She said, you mean I have to forgive that person for what they did to me? And we said, absolutely. But she felt that she was then saying, it's okay what you did to me. No, it's not. No, it's not. 
So with the forgiveness, I said, the forgiveness is for you to be set free. And I shared a story of what I had to do where I told the father three times, I am not going to pray for that person. There's absolutely no way. Do you know what they're doing? I'm not going to do it. And the the Lord spoke to my knucklehead stubborn heart and said, but David, if you choose to forgive them, that forgiveness and the prayers you pray for them is for you to be set free because you're in the prison cell of your own making through your unforgiveness and it's a blockage. And if you want to be set free and have the abundant life, you've got to forgive them and pray for them and then give them to me because those prayers are my hot coals of love that are going to be dumped on their heads and then you let them to me. But you must pray for those who have offended you, who have hurt you, even to the core. Pray for them. Forgive them. It does not say what they did was right. Absolutely not. Now, give them to me and allow me to take them on that journey that they need to go on. And and the woman, by the end, was was like lit up, joyful. Yeah. Because at first she's like, you mean I have... It's okay what he did to me? No, it's not. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, for, forgiveness, it, it's a heart issue. I, I think, um, I'll try to quote this correctly. I've heard this before. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, thinking it's going to hurt the other person. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, think think about that. And oftentimes, unforgiveness... Sometimes it sits in our lives because we can justify it with, oh, yeah, but do you know how bad this thing was or that thing was? That That's not, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right that they did those things. But holding on to that unforgiveness, I think we have those opportunities. I think the Lord will continue to bring those people to mind and he wants to peel away those layers and get down to the heart issue. Um, I, th- I think there's times where I know there's times in my life where I've had to just say, driving in my car by myself, somebody will come to mind. It's like, Lord, I forgave them before, but I, I forgive them. I forgive them. I don't. I don't like what happened. I don't. I'm not. It doesn't sit well with me. It still bothers me. But I don't want the unforgiveness to take root here and have a place. Um, and as you were sharing, I was just looking back up to the top here. I mentioned where it says, if he listens to you. But then it says, if he does not listen to you, what to do? And I think there's a, a distinction between listening to somebody and hearing somebody. It, you can hear the words said but like, were you actually listening? Mm-hmm. And you know what it's like when you're talking with somebody. Sometimes it's just, you know, a kid. And sometimes it's somebody that you're really trying to have a heart-to-heart conversation with. There's a big difference between, yeah, I, I heard you. I, yeah, I, I heard you say that. And yeah, I was listening. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Did you hear what I didn't say, but I was also implying with how I said it? Yes, that's the active listening that I think it's talking about. And we all know what it feels like to sit with somebody and talk with them, and they're actually not listening to us. So sometimes people don't have ears to hear. Well, this is this is a good example. It's saying if he has listens to if he listens to you, you've won him back. If he does not listen to you, 
here's some more steps to take. So I think we, we going into those conversations, have to put on our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes, to actually be able to determine, did the person listen or did they not listen? And it doesn't say, if the person agrees with you, then do this. If the person doesn't agree with you, do, do that. I, I think that a, agreement comes when you're actually listening to somebody. And p- part of having any type of conversation is the active listening on both sides. Like you said, go into the conversation with, hey, thinking about having this conversation, Here, here's some of the things that I could see what I did and I brought in. And then I also want to talk about some of the things that I felt like you did and how that made me feel. It's not this, all right, just sit down, hear everything I have to say. If we agree on the bullet points, then we can move on. I mean, that's just not a relationship. Yeah, and as we look back up, and this one always gets to me, you know, if he refuses to listen to them, which are which are the two or three witnesses that establish the facts, tell the church. The church is the body of Christ. I believe what we need to tell the church is that this these people need our prayers. These people need our loves. What I don't believe it says is tell the church all their sins. Tell the church what you believe you want the church to know to get the church on your side. I don't think that's what it's telling us. It's telling us, it's alerting the body of Christ that this person or these people need our prayer is really the way I would understand that. Because, again, I don't see it saying, go tell the church, the body of Christ, their sins. Because too many times, prayer gets disguised as really it's gossip about what's happening in the church, and that's not healthy. Like I asked for prayer for one of my daughters, and a person said, well, what's their name? And I responded, it's one of my daughters. Because the name's not important. God knows who the person is. Too many times we put a name to it, and we put sin to it, and that's not healthy. It's not. So that's my reflection on tell the church, is that the body of Christ then is praying for that person, that family, that situation, but not the sins. Divulging the sins, I don't believe is your place. I don't believe that's healthy. Yeah, and and also part of the goal here is to gather every fact yeah. so that every fact can be established. And sometimes you can do that on a one-on-one conversation. Sometimes it takes the one or two or three, and sometimes it takes a group of trusted people. Mm-hmm. And with that, Uh, We thank you, and God bless everybody. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.